Spirit. Amen. Today I'd like to talk about the sweetness and the joy that comes through prayer. Many of you might say, what sweetness, what joy? Because prayer is a lot of work for us. And if that describes you, then listen closely. Two years ago, I had the blessing to celebrate Dormition on Mount Athos. And a friend of mine in Thessaloniki was close with Simono Petra Monastery. It's that monastery that's up on the rock. All the photos of monasteries of Mount Athos tend to have that photo. And so I was there celebrating the Dormition. And the monastery was beautifully decorated. Everything, you could feel the joy in the air. They had endured these two weeks of intense fasting. And now was the time for the joy. And it was a vigil that will be remembered because it was about eight hours long. And before the vigil began, I noticed there's this uh, middle-aged Greek man who seemed very close and friendly with the monks. He was a lay person. He was very collegial with them and talking to them and went up to the chant stand. And so me, of course, with my judgment, I said, who is this? This is a monastery. These are the monks that are chanting. They make CDs at this monastery. And here's this man up at the chant stand with them. And the service begins, and he's chanting with them. And he's chanting with them throughout the service, beautifully chanting, I must say. But I'm wondering, who is this? Because these are, this is a monastery, and these are the monks. As we get to the liturgy portion, he read the creed. And when he read the creed, he couldn't keep back his tears. Throughout the entire creed, you could tell he was trying very hard, because this was his role, to say the creed, to say it without crying. But he couldn't contain himself. I realized I had judged pretty harshly. I also realized through that experience the sweetness of God through prayer. Yes, even in the creed. How often we say the creed. In all of our services, we say the creed so many times. And most of us say it like a pledge of allegiance. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and on and on and so forth. But this is a prayer. And so in that moment, I saw the sweetness of prayer where the fullness of the creed came out in that experience. There's another story from Simono Petra, a priest that I know of was there a number of decades ago. And there was a monk named Father Nicodemus who was a monk there at the monastery. And Father Nicodemus didn't speak at all, not at all. He just went about his work, he had his cell, it was, happened to be right next to this priest who was staying there for a couple of months. And Father Nicodemus wouldn't speak to anyone. He would just go to the services and go back to his cell. His diaconima, his work at the monastery was making prayer ropes. So he'd make prayer ropes after prayer ropes. Well, after one service, this priest noticed Father Nicodemus was in the courtyard just sort of pacing around excitedly, pacing all over the courtyard. And he goes up to the priest, having never said anything to the priest before. He said, now that is how peace be with you should be said. He was so excited to see what came through the priest in the liturgy, that particular liturgy, at that particular time. He felt it. He said, that's how it is to be said. And he went back to his room and didn't say anything else. 
is a remarkable moment for that priest. To attain the sweetness, the joy of prayer, when we look at situations like that, we see there's a depth that is needed, a depth that is required. We have to dig deeper into prayer, deeper than how we so often pray. In the gospel today, our Lord said, this kind of demon can only be taken out by prayer and fasting. Think, well, I pray, I fast, so that's a pretty easy equation. Do you think the apostles were not praying and were not fasting? Of course they were praying and fasting. And yet they couldn't take this demon out. So there's something about the depth, the quality, the intensity of the prayer that is more important than simply the words themselves. But our prayer, I speak for myself at least, is most often distracted. It's rushed. I feel the obligation of it, not the joy of it. And so it's fruitless and dry without grace. After I went to the Dormition service at Simonopetra, I went back to where I was staying for my time on Mount Athos, which was in Nuskeet. And Nuskeet is a smaller settlement on Mount Athos. And in Nuskeet is the burial place of St. Joseph the Hezekast. And I was actually staying with one of his spiritual grandchildren, you would call it. Today we celebrate St. Joseph for the first time in the church. St. Joseph the Hezekast, you can read more about it in the weekly bulletin, so definitely read that. You can also look online and read much more about him. But last October, he was the uh, impending canonization of him was announced, along with some other saints. So St. Joseph, he's called the Hezekast, that's from a Greek word, Isihia. Children are being too loud, the adult says, Isihia, silence, be quiet. Isihia is silence. And so when we say Joseph the Hezekast, it's like saying Joseph the one who was silent. But it refers to something much greater than that, because perhaps many of you have heard of Hezekastic prayer or Hezekasm. This goes back to St. Gregory Palamas and earlier than that, the prayer of the heart. And hesychasm is a focus on the prayer of the heart, the Jesus prayer, in silence and in stillness. And so it's called hesychasm. It's that pursuit of stillness. That doesn't describe my prayer at all. Stillness and silence. So St. Joseph, I won't tell much about his life. You should read more about it. But he was a true spiritual warrior. And he was one who relentlessly pursued communion with Christ through prayer. He was constantly praying. And in the middle of his life, he was granted the prayer, which means that from that moment on for the rest of his life, he continuously said the Jesus prayer, which we all desire, but very few of us have that experience. But here's what he said in writing to someone who had written to him. He said, you will fatigue greatly until you realize that prayer without attention and watchfulness is a waste of time. Work without pay. Without attention, both the news, which is the eye of our soul, and the powers of the soul are diffused in vain and ordinary things, like useless water running down the streets. Attentiveness is key. We see that in what he's saying. 
Who wants to work without pay? I'm not talking about charitable work. In our spiritual lives, who wants to work without pay? To do all the things and receive nothing for it. And so often we have that experience, do we not? Isn't this the experience of our prayer so often? Work without pay. Well, he's giving us the answer. The answer is attentiveness, watchfulness. Because if we don't have that attentiveness, that presence, being present in the prayers, it's also called a warmth of heart, but it's really, it's a receptivity. If we don't have that, then we're robbing ourselves. How many times do we say prayers without attentiveness? It's like we're just scratching the surface. We're not digging deep into it. We're just sort of repeating these things. And this is what uh, the, the Bible says about vain repetitions. Vain repetitions. We're just repeating these things because we're supposed to. But if we bounce along the surface, we miss what is underneath that. When I was a priest in Las Vegas... I had the blessing of serving at this tiny little church up in Ely, Nevada, in the middle of Nevada, the middle of nowhere. And Ely, a population of a couple thousand people, it had two Greek Orthodox churches, one in Ely and one in McGill, 10 miles further. And that's because 100 years ago, there were immigrants from Greece, from Serbia, also from China and other places who were there to mine in the copper mines. And when you drive into Ely on one of the routes in, you see this mountain that just looks sort of perfectly flat and straight with nothing growing on it. And that's called the trailing of a mine. Trailing is when they go through and they dig out the stuff they want and the stuff that still has copper in it in this case, but not enough that it's it's valuable. They just put that into a big pile. That's called the trailings. So when you drive drive up to Ely, because for decades they had this mine, this copper mine, there's this huge long trailing, probably a mile long. Well now, because copper is worth more, they're going back into those trailings, and that's what they're doing their mining in, is the stuff that wasn't valuable enough 100 years ago, they're going into that. And I think of that when I think of prayer. We have to dig. We have to dig deep into it. Dig deep into the words, because if we don't, we rob ourselves of the joy the sweetness. So again, if any of you are not feeling that sweetness in prayer, this is the start. Dig more deeply. Think of prayer like mining, because we don't want prayer without pay, like St. Joseph says. God wants to be intimate with us. He wants to give us himself. He wants to be close to us. He wants to dwell inside of us, and he wants to give us his sweetness, his joy, his peace, and his love. Isn't that what we want too? Who among us would say, no, I don't want that? None of us. So God wants to give it to us, and we say that we want it. And yet the sweetness of prayer is what we still lack. So what's missing? We have to, if if we're really harsh, sometimes we blame God, let's be honest. We blame God for it. God, why aren't you giving me grace? Why don't I feel your presence? Where are you, God? But the key to it is actually within us. We must recognize what we say and what we do are at odds. I say I love God, but I don't want to spend much time with him. Or when I do spend time with him, it's so I can get through this obligation and get on with my day. 
Think of that if that was a relationship with a human being, what that would be like. The relationship would go down and end quickly. But how many times have we done work without pay in our prayer? If our prayer is rushed and distracted and obligatory, it's kind of like, I think, I'm, I'm a parent with plenty of kids. I kind of think of that situation where you're doing something that you're really focused on, and the kid comes up and talks. This is prayer, in my case. And the kid comes up and talks, and I'm doing my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, 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 I understand. Yeah, yeah. That's the level of my attention when it comes to prayer. Or you could also think of it as someone who wants to be a master painter. And what they do to become a master painter, they spend a minute or two throwing some paint on a piece of paper every morning. Is that going to make them a master painter? No. So our prayer life, we need to dig deeper into our prayer to be attentive and present and receptive. So now the key question, how do you do that? Because we want it. We don't have it. We want it. So how do we get there? So this is the part if you want to get out a pen and paper. I'm just kidding. It's recorded. So, First and foremost, find a quiet place. When we pray throughout the day, when we pray in our cars, when we pray other places, that's wonderful. That's great. Do it. But that's not the heart of our prayer. The heart of our prayer is in a quiet place, in a quiet place before icons. This is how we pray. And when we pray in this way, the quality of our prayer becomes different. For those of you that have small children at home or any children at home, if it means that you have to put them on screen time, watch a movie so that you can pray, do it. Far more important that you have that time of prayer than that your children are kept from their screen time. Far more important. That's how you should be using these wonderful tools like electronics is so that you can have communion with God so that you can be a better parent for your children. So the first is to find a quiet place, or relatively quiet, the quietest place in your house you can find. The next is make time. Make time. This is one of the hardest pieces. We don't make time. And if we feel guilty enough, then we say our prayers out of obligation. I feel guilty, I haven't done it, I need to get to my prayers. Maybe I'll go in front of the icons. I'll rattle off my prayers as quickly as I can, and I'll move on. It's not to say don't do that. That is okay some of the time, in some situations, when you can't do anything else. But if that's how your prayer is day in and day out, you're working without pay. You don't get the sweetness. And this is the greatest tragedy. What does prayers become then? Boring, dry, obligation. That's what it becomes. Why? Because we make it that way. So if we desire to have prayer that has sweetness, that has joy, find a quiet place, make time. And the next, equally hard, quiet your thoughts. We must quiet our thoughts. We become, as St. James says, lipsikos, double-minded in all of our life. But especially in our prayer time, we're double-minded. Because we're busy thinking about other things and saying the words of the prayer. We would call that crazy in a lot of contexts. But in prayer time, that's normal. We say the words, and then we keep our mind going however it is. That has to stop completely. And the way that we stop that, we keep fighting against it. It never fully goes away. But the way that we stop that 
is by giving ourselves time to prepare for prayer. Do some prostrations, enough that your mind isn't racing and rattling all over the place. Spend a little bit of time standing in front of the icons, just in quiet. Forcefully kick out any thought of anything of any kind, no matter how virtuous or beautiful or wonderful the thought is, kick it out. Our prayer time is not for thinking about things. Our prayer time is to commune with God, to speak with God. So find a quiet place, make time, and quiet your thoughts. Another part of quieting our thoughts is focusing on the words. I often say this, many of you have heard it. Make it so the words coming out of your mouth are the words that are in your head. How obvious that is, and yet how hard that is. The words that are coming out of my mouth are the words that are in my head. The next is to cultivate repentance. And repentance is key in all of this because what repentance is, is seeing my sinfulness and needing God. Because that's one of the big problems. We say we want sweetness and joy and peace and all of this. We don't really need God. We just kind of give God a little bit of time. So repentance is what helps me to realize I really need God because I can't fix this thing. And I can't fix that thing, and I can't make myself better in this way, and I keep on falling in that way. So repentance is key in this. Remember that our spiritual life isn't so much about pursuing virtue. It's finding our non-virtue and repenting of that. God will give us the virtue. Our role is to find the things in us that are not of God and bring them out. Bring them to God in repentance and in confession. So I'll say these once more. Find a quiet place, make time, quiet your thoughts, <clears throat> cultivate repentance, and remember that our goal in this spiritual life is to find the things in us that are not virtue and to bring those to God. May God bless us in this because we're all on the same page here. We all want the sweetness of prayer. And for most of us, we don't get it much. But I promise you, I promise you, it is there. God wants to be in your life. He wants to dwell in you. He wants to be intimate with you. But we have to set these other things aside. and We have to say, this is what I want with all of my heart. Even if it's for 15 minutes a day, start with that. But those 15 minutes are not rushed, rattled through everything I need to get through. But they're focused. They're attentive. So I'll close with once more what St. Joseph said. You will fatigue greatly until you realize that prayer without attention and watchfulness is a waste of time. Work without pay. Without attention, both the noose and the powers of the soul are diffused in vain and ordinary things like useless water running down the streets. May our prayer not be useless water. May we mine deeply into the mine of the words of the prayers so that we receive the fruit and prayer becomes joy and then it builds upon itself with that joy. Amen.